How you doing there? Just a quickie before we start. On the Apple podcast, why don't you double click on David McWilliams Plus? It's right there when you open the podcast. You get ad-free, you unlock early access. Just double click and away you go. David McWilliams Plus, you get this pure and simple. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by Acast. How are you doing there? Kilconomics John, the world's only festival of comedy and economics. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish who's the comedian, who's the economist, <laughs> but it is that the truth? November the 3rd to the 6th in Kilkenny. One city, three nights, 50 plus events. Get your tickets at kilkenomics.com. Anyway, John and I are sitting here talking about the drummer of the Arctic Monkeys. And I was amazed by the fact that this is a guy, I think his name is Helders, and he was, I was watching them, right? I was just yeah. talking about gigs to John there. And he not only was he keeping the whole rhythm section together, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was drumming and he was singing falsetto with a mic that was kind of stuck, <laughs> right? Just to the left-hand side of his beak, yeah. right? And I was just thinking, this is a guy who can drum. And you know, the Arctic Monkeys, it's really, really, really quick, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like full-on, full-on, two-minute, full-on, three-minute. He could drum, he could hold the whole thing together, he kept the timing, and his ability to sing choruses and sing high notes yeah. while doing all this. It's an extraordinary but, but performance. But that's, that's, that's the beauty of drum. I love drummers. You know, the, the old joke about drummers is they just hang around with musicians. Yeah, exactly. And they just hit yeah, yeah. things for How a little bit. How do you know a drummer's at the door? The knock slows down. <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But Levon Helm was one of my favourite drummers. Who is Levi? You know, that sounds like a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, but no, no. He was a member of the band with Robbie Robertson. Oh, God, the band, Jesus. You... He was an amazing drummer. Preserve me. Look, let's and go he back. Had, and he let's had the back, mic above. Did let's all go the back to Italian stuff. disco. The band, <laughs> I would rather eat live worms. <laughs> than listen to the band. Anyway, anyway, oh man, let us talk out. economics. It's good to see you, Bosco. <laughs> let us talk economics. Today, I want to talk about the international property market. Right. I want to talk about what's happening. I want to talk about interest rates. I want to talk about the shift in the market. And I want to talk about the fact that it's almost like generals fighting the last war. The analysis of the property market 2022 is a bit like people's analysis of the property market 2008. Yeah. They're two entirely different creatures. And it's absolutely like, you know that very, that great expression, 
generals always fight the last war. Yeah. So they think the incoming is going to come from the place it came yeah. last time out yeah, yeah, and it yeah. comes from somewhere else. Well, actually, just before we get on to that... Sorry, 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 speaking- sorry, do you know what I did there? I fucking cross it into you just to knock it in. Speaking of generals, Magger. Oh, yes, indeed. This is the Let's, other th- can I just sit back here? I will give you two cigars. We'll get out a map of the world. The armchair generals, the pair of them. Pass me the brandy there. Pass me the brandy. Do you know that I've... I've, I've I don't know if you've noticed this yourselves, though, that everybody now has turned into an armchair general. I'll tell you about the front and <laughs> Donetsk. Go no, on. no, we were talking about this earlier, and that's why I'm bringing it up. But it was the the whole thing that I saw, on it was on Twitter as well, on Russian state TV. For the first time, there was a guy talking about the big fight that's coming up, that Russia actually is in a very bad position. So it's like the cracks are beginning to appear in Russian state TV and in the Kremlin. You know, and he kept saying, I saw that piece, and he kept saying, Yana Panomayish, which means I don't understand. And what he's trying to say is, I don't understand what we've been told, right? right it doesn't okay, make yeah, any yeah, sense yeah, to me. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, that is the big story. That yeah. is, the, that is the, the huge story. And interestingly, in the same ways the Kremlin woke up this week, or in the last 10 days, since mm. last weekend, realizing that they've got a fight in their hands, financial markets woke up these last few days, realizing they also have a fight on their hands and that fights against inflation and it could be a long, long slog. So what happened in the last couple of days, John, was that American inflation rate was announced and it was hoped by everybody or assumed Mm, mm. that it would begin to fall. Now, the reason it was assumed is because actually gas prices have been falling in America, petrol prices have been falling in America. A lot of the supply chain problems are being ironed out. Now, the ones that post-pandemic are being ironed out. There was a sense that leading indicators are turning downwards, the American economy is softening. So all that, people assumed, will translate into a lower rate of inflation. That would allow the Fed to take a break and to be slower about increasing interest rates. It's the soft landing idea, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. July, inflation in the States comes in. Core inflation, that's when you strip out food and energy. Right. So is running above 6%. Now, that means... That's the first time in, what, how many years? About 40 years. Wow. So it also means that America is now raising interest rates faster than they have done in 40 years. But what it means is that the presumption that the Fed could kind of sit in its hands, allow the economy to slow down, allow the leading indicators to kick in, and we would gradually see inflation falling, yeah. has been completely reversed. So you see a total reversal in expectations about what's going to happen to interest rates now. Now people are pricing in 100 basis points, which is 1%. It yeah. doesn't sound a huge amount, but when you're coming off zero, it's a lot, okay? Right, okay, yeah. When I say, well, you're, you're not, you're, big money you're not well. coming, yeah, you're not coming off zero, you're moving from zero. That means that by Halloween, American interest rates could be 3%, right? And, now, and what would that mean? Well, what that means is that a huge amount of investment that was made during the period of zero interest rates will look incredibly, incredibly stupid, right? Remember what John Stuart Mill said about the bust? The bust that is coming never really destroys your wealth. It only evidences the amount of your wealth that has already been destroyed by bad decisions taken in the good times. Right. Okay? This yeah. is the other the other idea is that the worst investment decisions are yeah. regularly taken in what were perceived as the best of times. So when you look at that, you see a huge 
change in perception of risk. And we're going to talk about property in a second and how that's mm. changed. Right? That's the first thing. So the Americans now realize, and of course, America is the only thing that matters. Everybody else follows them, right? Yeah. The Americans realize they could be in for a slow grinding battle against inflation, which will drive interest rates up higher than they expected, quicker than they expected. Now, what that will do is that will reframe the efficacy of a huge amount of investments taken at times when interest rates were zero. And I'm just going to, just one last thing. The thing about interest rates being at zero mm. is it destroys what's called the time value of money. That's the key. So if you think about interest rates as being either the price of money or maybe more interesting, the price of time. Right. So if the long-term interest rate is 5%, that is a price on the future. And by putting a price on time, it allows people invest in various different timeframes, right? Right, so, okay. So money yeah. allows you, this is the interesting about money, right? Money allows you travel in time. It allows you to time travel. So you borrow from today yeah. to invest in tomorrow. This sounds like uh, the thermodynamics that uh, Michael Saylor was talking about a while ago. It doesn't because what Michael Saylor was talking about was economic energy. Right, okay. Which doesn't exist. Only an engineer would say something like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, go on, go on, go on. So, so, no, but the idea is that if you decide, okay, let's say, let's say, for example, you, you're, you're buying a house. Yeah. You have a 30-year mortgage. What you've actually done is you've imagined yourself in 30 years' time to be richer than you are now. Mm. And you said, I'm going to borrow from my rich future self to pay for my relatively poorer mm. present yeah, yeah. self. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll borrow across time horizon and I'll pay an interest rate of 5%. So what basically happens is you borrow from one world and yeah. you play in another world. That's a way I look. Hoping to God that the... Hoping to God. And yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know about it. So yeah. it's basically a bet. It's a gamble. It's a bet on the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if interest rates go to zero, that world is destroyed because you can't price the future. So that leads to what's called in economics misallocation of resources. Because there's no risk profile. In so the they have been zero for the last. Precisely. So, so people been... are putting loads and loads of money into future investments that haven't been priced properly. The risk profile okay. hasn't been priced properly because okay. okay. the central banks have decided that it's better to bail out today than worry about tomorrow. Right. Now, what happens when interest rates begin to rise? All those investments. Which made, they're bound to. Which they're rising now. Yes. Right? Yeah. All those investments which were made at zero interest rates, and we're going to talk to them because the Irish property market is full of them, the global property market is full of them, mm. all look very stupid. And the reason is the following. All of those investments in the last 10 years in global property have been taken at a time when the investors couldn't price risk properly because the rate of inflation, the rate of interest is at zero. And now, I mean, you just look at the numbers. The numbers are huge, John. Okay, Mary Beth Mac, hold on a second before you get there. Okay, because, okay. Because you're I'm in the Mr. time value. No, it's not just to do. It's Mr. It's Mr. <laughs> Let's see what happens when interest rates go back to positive. So when the time yeah. value of money is a little bit more regular. Okay. Before we talk about the impact yeah. of all of that, just explain to me the difference between now. And what happened in 2008? Good question. 
Good question. And it's interesting because well, no, the last we, we were doing a podcast in China a couple of weeks ago, and I was making the point that because the Chinese market looks as if it's crashing, mm. it could have an impact in the global background noise for property. Lots of Patreons and lots of people came back and said, but hold on a second. Surely you don't include Ireland in this because Ireland has a growing population, a dearth of properties, yeah, yeah. high rents, etc. And I said, no, hold on a second. The world has changed dramatically since 2008. If you are looking with the framework of 2008 at the property market now, you will be like the general fight in the, the last war. Yeah, yeah. So in 2008, you have a very bizarre thing. You have local banks borrowing heavily abroad, stuffing money into the gob of the local economy. Prices going up, local people being heavily indebted. Yeah. Okay, that was the whole thing. Yeah. So the transmission mechanism of the crash was from banks that went bust, forcing people to sell their property and forcing investors to sell their properties, taking money out of the system, pushing down property markets, prices, and this impact on the real economy through right. taxes and a lack of yeah, activity, yeah. right? But now we have growing population and we have a big demand for property and all the rest. Let's go back to the transmission mechanism. The transmission mechanism now is not from local banks. Irish retail banks aren't really involved in property anymore, right? Not in a huge okay, way. right. Now the global picture is not investment banks like Lehman and these guys going bust. Now the global picture is private equity firms going bust. So private equity firms, investment funds, all the various different funds that are involved have taken over the property market, right? They are where the problem is now. The new transmission mechanism is going to go, they're going to go bust and explain why. Mm. They will be forced to sell to raise cash. Those forced sellings will drive down property prices all hey. over the world. And the real economy, the local real economy and the local guy is not going to be that badly infected. In fact, I think will be much better off. So you will have a bizarre situation. You will have a global financial crisis where the average guy comes out smelling of roses. Hey, that's good news, man. So let's look at how it happens. Okay, give us a give us a kind of a, an overview okay. of the global market. I'll give market you an overview, and, and right? With a, with a few numbers and stuff yeah. attached. Okay, in 2021, the amount of what they call professionally managed real estate, right. which are largely private equity funds, stood at 11.4 trillion in 2021, that's up from 10.5 trillion. This is worldwide, okay? Right. The American economy... These, these are numbers, the American, I can't well, get my head I'll give you a sense, but the American economy is about 22 trillion. Okay, okay, right? So that right. gives you a sense, right? Yeah, yeah, okay? it does. That yeah, gives yeah. you a really, really good sense. So about half the American economy, okay, imagine yeah. that... That's amazing. ...is invested yeah. in these funds. And just to give you a look, in terms of the 11.4 trillion, the market's divided about, about 4.6 trillion of this is in the United States. Mm -hmm. About 3.8 trillion of this, or 34%, is the EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And the APAC region, about 3 trillion. So what you're talking about... That's including uh, Evergrande, or... This is including Evergrande, but what yeah. you're talking about is the possibility of contagion in this highly leveraged global market. So don't look at property as your house. Mm. Look at property for the purpose of this discussion as a global asset class where the potential contagion from higher interest rates is so obvious 
and it's so evident. Now, everybody who's in the property business here is trying to say, oh, no, that won't happen. That can't possibly because we've loads of people and whatever. Mm. Forget the fact that we've loads of people. That will make no difference because okay. what's actually going to happen here is interest rates are going to set the tone. The last crash was all about income. People okay. didn't have the income to pay for, for their, debt. their debt. Yeah. This is all about interest rates. Income is fine, but interest rates are rising really quickly because inflation is rising quickly. Right. So you have to get a totally different framework to look at this property market. Now, look at Ireland, right? In 2021, 5 billion euros was invested in the Irish commercial real estate by these funds, right? Yeah. That's in commercial. 1.7 billion was invested in residential. Now, that means that huge amounts of money are being invested by foreigners. This is why people get pissed off about the buy to rent and all that stuff. Yeah, and buying up full housing estates how, and blocks of flats. All that carrying. You think, okay, how is that financed? Okay, who are yeah. these people, right? So in the old days, a builder would go to a bank yeah. and he'd say, yeah. I'm going to buy this field. I'm going to build 20 houses and that. The relationship is between you and me, right? Now the banks are out of the game. Now what is happening is a private equity fund is set up. From anywhere. Wherever. It's a, yeah. a special purpose vehicle, right? With a fellow with a spreadsheet. And they go and they say, we're going to buy housing estate in Ireland. Mm. And we are going to get 5% yield. Okay, so what we're going to do are 4% yield. So yeah. basically our revenue after our costs is going to be about, if we, if we invest 100 euros, we're going to get 4% profit. Mm. So they say, okay, that's great. And we can borrow 2% in yep. order to achieve all this. Yep. So basically, there's a 2%, what they call a free carry. As long as interest rates remain at 2%, there's a 2% profit margin over and above costs, right? Yep. So that has forced all these hundreds of millions, billions of euros into the market, which you see all the time yep. around Ireland, okay? Yep. Now, that game only makes sense if interest rates don't rise. When interest rates rise, that investment looks like what they call a bond investment. So it's a yield play. That's all it is. Yeah. Now, what happens if interest rates start to rise rapidly? The economic and financial efficacy of all those companies disappears. They all go bust. This so, so we talk, spoke about this before, in many moons ago in, in a podcast, where they end up, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but they end up selling good assets to pay for the bad assets. Precisely. It's called a Minsky moment. Jeff. Minsky moment, that's Do you it. know who that, came up with the term Minsky moment? Paul McCulley. Preacher Paul. Preacher Paul, who's giving a talk at Kilconomics on the future of finance. Do not miss it. If he's giving you, a shout. He's giving a shout. He's <laughs> going to be Paul talking about it. But if you want to understand the intricacies of the global economy, this is the man that ran the investment committee at the biggest bond fund in the world, at PIMCO, making all these calls. He yeah. has enormous knowledge in he's his He's such head. a lovely man. He's, he's a great man. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. really, he's sweet. As a boss now, when I was young, he was hard, but you learned so much from him. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he was, cracked the whip, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd say, he'd say, <laughs> I would write a piece and say, an undergraduate would not deliver that type Ooh, of work. Ouch. And then you just have to go off and agonize and sweat. He says, I like you, you know, but you, I learned so much from him. Get your so, shit together, McWilliams. But yeah, basically, I like you, but you're good for shit at this game. But actually, so have a look, kilkonomics.com. 
Paul McCulley, Friday night, well worth it, right? But let's have a look exactly what's happening, right? That all these investments are all predicated on interest rates being low. Mm, mm. Now we have evidence that interest rates rise. So to come back to your question about the good versus bad. Yeah. So then what this called margin called. So for example, the little, the special purpose vehicle usually has a really shitty Greek name like Omega, Alpha, <laughs> Epsilon Capital, right? So it's some, it's some Egypt who went to a frat house in yeah, America yeah, yeah. and came out Epsilon Capital, right? Okay. And they set it up as a special purpose vehicle with a fellow with a spreadsheet and a good lawyer. Right. And it couldn't be just called Barry's Fund. No, it couldn't be our mixed fund. Yeah. Yeah, your Dahi's Fund. No, no. It has to have some sort of pathetic reference to Thassala, Thassala, Greek mythology to, I don't know, Xenophon. Xenophon's Fund, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go so on, Xenophon's go on, go on. Fund is a leveraged special purpose vehicle, which means they put in $10, they borrow $90. The fund is worth $100, right? Mm. So who do they borrow $90 from? from investment banks, from other players, from the market, whatever. But their obligation is to make sure that that ratio between 90 and 100 remains the same. Yeah. Now, if their property prices fall, they then have to sell in order to raise cash, which is called margin, to give back to their investors cash. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is you get a margin call on all this leverage stuff. This is like this is like subprime, except for, it's for rich guys. Right. Subprime was for poor guys. Right. This is subprime for rich fuckers. Okay. Good right? enough for them. Right. <laughs> so they're going to get a margin call from their other rich mates. Yeah. And suddenly, what they have, they've got to sell assets. So they they got to look at their portfolio and see, okay, which assets do we want to sell? Now you always want to sell the shitty stuff first. Okay. okay? Sure. So sure, sure. anybody in a crisis who comes to you and offering, say, "Ooh, would you like to buy this?" You know yeah. it's crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the reason is they'll sell you, they'll try to sell you the stuff with the lowest yield. And if you look at, for example, prime office space, Dublin's yield is 4%, but Munich's yield is 2.65%. Paris's yield is 2.85%. Amsterdam, Why, why three, so low? Because they're so expensive, right? So the actual okay. properties are so unbelievably expensive that it's almost impossible to push the rents up sufficiently high. Okay, mm. because they're prestige buildings and all that sort of stuff. But and when, when does rent capping come into this at all? No, no, because this is prime. This would be prime office right. market. Okay. This is where okay. the real action is. Yeah. But it all, it's all interlinked, right? Mm. So what will happen is there's a margin call. They need to come up with cash. They try to sell their dodgy assets. Nobody wants them. Mm. So they have to sell their good assets for cash. So that's the way in which bad assets drag down good assets which is the Minsky moment, which is when you know you're in a crisis. So the good becomes bad. Basically, the bottom line is, John, when interest rates rise, you don't want to have any debt. When interest rates rise, you don't want to have any debt on your balance sheet because it destroys you. But we have had, we know, the buildup of enormous amounts of debt over the last while. So all those investments which were taken during markets where interest rates were zero, will look ridiculous, right? Now, the interesting thing is, if all these companies go bust, who cares? But So <laughs> this sounds like, a, like basically a rich man's game. Yeah, you're right. This is a Wall Street problem. Now, the so, key thing, we'll talk about it afterwards, is to make sure that it remains a rich man's problem. Absolutely. 
because there's a there's an avenue where the small guy can win here. But the key then is to make sure that it remains a rich man's problem. So let's talk about that after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, Mark. So this is fascinating stuff, actually, because... High I, finance. I, high finance, which, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out of you the depth. You would pay slightly. Goldman Sachs a hundred feckin'. You'd, you'd pay Goldman Sachs a hundred grand for this advice. I wouldn't pay Goldman Sachs nothing. I wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so just go, Mark, because my reference point is 2008. Yeah. So I know we can't look through that lens of 2008. But, but it's, it's helpful. Yes. But back in, in 2008, it was the average punter. Yes. Who was the owner. And they got stung. And they got stung Precisely. badly. But now it is the rich guys, the investment funds, all those dudes. Yeah. So so talk to me so, about so this. So by the way, just so you know, when this happens, and it will, on television and on podcasts and radio. Yeah. Lackeys for the rich guys will come out and say, oh, yeah, but it's your pension yes. that is involved. Yes, yeah. My Swiss role. I'll tell you exactly what's happening, right? Go on, yeah. Go okay. on, tell us. I must get a pension. What happened? Actually. We both must get pensions. <laughs> We're going to live forever. We're going to be fine, okay? But to work forever. What happened, right? So 2008 is very important to understand the transmission mechanism. I come back again. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. to recap, the podcast is all about what happens if interest rates go to 5%, okay? Let's keep that in the back of our heads. How does it play out? How does it play out particularly for property? And what we're saying is because property has morphed from being you and me getting a mortgage to very, very wealthy individuals investing in these private equity funds, buying up large swathes of the Irish and global property market, extracting rents out of people. That's the model, right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to be clear, by the way. Mac and me did not get a mortgage together. I just want to be clear about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I asked him. <laughs> it's just a, a flat no, Mac. Yeah, no, I know it's a flat no. It, it, it was it was before gay marriage was legalized. We couldn't get it. So sorry. Go on, Mac. Sorry. So in the old, so in two thousand and eight, the little guy 
was leveraged up the yin-yang, was sold expensive property by brokers in the middle, okay? Then there was the FOMO, the fear of missing out, mm -hmm. the herd behavior, all that sort of stuff. The brokers were working in tandem with the banks, so much so that in actual fact, the brokers and the banks owned each other, right? Yeah. As they still do now, but I'm hopefully we're educating everybody on this podcast, right? And the banks were stuffing the brokers full of commission if they sold properties and loans to people. Yeah. Right? So there was an... In, remember I always say the banks go bad from the inside out? Yeah. Because I always said the easiest way to rob a bank is to run it. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Right? So that was the, the market there. When property prices collapsed last time, the little guy who'd bought their two-bed, three-bed semi out in West Dublin, for example, for 300 grand, suddenly saw it was worth 150. Yeah. Now that means their balance sheet was destroyed. So their balance sheet, because on the one side of their balance sheet were was the asset, which had halved in value, mm. but on the other side of the balance sheet was the debt, which had remained the same. Mm. So that's why people had to kind of grind out the period between 2008 and almost to 2016, 17, just trying to keep your head above water. Yeah, right? yeah. That's but they still had the asset. But this, and as the asset prices continued to rise, yeah. negative equity fell, and over time, more people every year got out of negative equity, and we end up in a situation like now. Yeah. However, the dynamic has changed completely because now, as you saw, do you remember the statistic we talked about the percentage of Irish people between 25 and 35 who own their own home had halved from 60% to 30%, yes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's those 30% are now in the rental market. They stand to gain because what's going to happen is the private investors are going to get screwed because their yield game reverses on them. Mm. Their investors will look for margin. They will then have to sell in order to get cash. Their selling is going to put downward pressure on the price of all developments and all apartment mm. blocks here. Yeah, yeah. And that will put downward pressure on rents as long, as long as the state allows this to happen. But the big question, Mac, is, I, I, I'm loving this, but but the big question is, when? When is this going to happen? Ah, when you see, John, this is, this is the difference. Look, look, what I'm saying is, right, you don't have to be so clever as to be able to pinpoint the precise day the temperature is going to change. All you've got to know in general is winter is coming. Mm. This is what's going to happen. We have moved from a world of low interest rates to a world of high interest rates. Once you do that, it mean, and it doesn't matter whether or not those they remain high for a long time. That shock to the system changes all the permutations, all the calculations. There's also a generation. If you imagine, right? Interest rates have been very, very low since 2009. Yeah. That's maybe, you know, 13 years in a career. That could be half somebody's career in finance. Sure. So there's many people working in finance now who've no idea what a high real interest rate is. They've no idea. They've been working on the basis of a dream world. Once that changes, all those permutations change. And the question is, people say, oh, yeah, but when's it going to happen? Give me the precise date. No idea. Mm. But what one thing we do know is interest rates ain't going back to zero. They ain't falling for a long time. Yeah. They're in an upward cycle. And that changes everything. Mark, before we go 
tell me a little bit about Kilconomics. Kilconomics, John, the world's only festival of comedy and economics sometimes. It's hard to distinguish who's the comedian, who's the economist, <laughs> but it is that the truth? November the 3rd to the 6th in Kilkenny. One city, three nights, 50 plus events, and we are covering all sorts, everything, the whole gamut, global issues, local issues, future issues, past history, the whole thing. And it's a total laugh because, again, the comedians stand in the middle and they make sure that the economists speak in normal language. <laughs> and when they start guffawing and going through jargon, they get the piss taken out of them. Proper order, too. Loads of laughs, loads of crack, and loads of knowledge. Get your tickets at kilconomics.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.